Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Coon Cassius for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Well, delighted to be joined by um, our team for this end-of-year review. So featuring on this is Umar Ahmed, Razaban, Andrew McCart, Oscar Bevis, Joe Pugh, and Colin McGuigan. Guys, you all good? How are we doing, guys? Well, thank you. Okay. Very well, very well. Okay. All good. Okay, so let's kind of uh, go back to last January, which does seem a very long time ago now. But um, Oscar, I'll come to you. Um, yeah, just run us through what the kind of talking points were in um, in January of last year. Yeah, so January is obviously never the easiest month to assess, like from a fight perspective. Um, obviously, the year coming up, we've got Tank, Early Doors, Eubank, Smith, Yarbrough, KSI, if that's the sort of thing you like. But last year, there was no fights at all in the UK. <clears throat> um so, from a fight perspective, not much had gone on. I know everyone was doing gym trips and stuff like that. Um, so, kind of my personal highlight from a video sense was um, when I went to the Matram gym. And I know they were building up, obviously, to Ryder Jacobs. Um, and anyone who's been to the Matram gym will know when you walk in, there's like a big list of punch combinations. So you've got like combination punches, Marquez, Pacquiao, Linares. Um, and there was a Danny Jacobs combination. And I've got a clip of me, Tony and John talking about... Um, how he puts certain combinations to fight as he trains. And for years, he was drilling John Ryder with two Danny Jacobs combinations and kind of like the circle is gone in that they're fighting. Um, so that was just kind of a personal clip for me from that January. But from a fight perspective, there was no show in the UK. And I think there was one in America. Um, so January was quite dry, but um, that was just kind of a little clip from from my perspective that kind of I liked. But yeah, January was... Will be a lot more eventful in 2023. That is 100 percent for sure. Yeah, January is always uh, like a really weird month, and I think what you said there about uh, 2023. There's some big shows, obviously Smith Eubank got the KSI fight week, got Yard Baturbiev, etc. So January is kind of looking strong, but it is usually kind of hit and miss. So um, okay, we can move to the next month then. Uh, Raza, well, this is probably one of the biggest months of the year uh, that we had in Feb 2022. Yeah, it was mad. As as boxing fans, we missed out on on um, Calzaghi, Froch. We missed out on Witter and Hatton. And we thought we were going to miss out on Brooke and Khan. And that was the month. A bit, Of course, both of them were way past it. We all know that. Let's be honest about it. But um, what a great fight. Um, great build-up. Great build-up. Electrical, electric atmosphere. Um, just the whole build-up to that fight was... Crazy, you know, from weight issues, you know, Kel didn't want to come down to 147. Uh, Amir wanted at 147, get as much advantage as possible. Probably the most interesting part of that fight that I've never seen in my life in boxing is a fighter walk out, go into the ring, 
and then take his gloves off and put on different gloves. And just that image, because everyone was shocked, like what exactly is going on? And then on the other hand, Amir Khan's thinking, hang on a sec, Kel Brooks in the ring wearing different gloves. I'm not walking out. So his mindset's all over the place now. So like who's winning that psychological battle now? Obviously the fight itself was was what it was. We know Amir was way past it. I wish it happened five years earlier, you know, when they were both uh, more active and and in their peak. But um, yeah, we move on. I think that was one of the, the best atmospheres of the year. I think you have to say in the UK, in Manchester. Um, so yeah, Calm Brook. Yeah, I mean, Calm Brook, something that, and we've all mentioned it in videos at some point over the years, and it did feel like it was never going to happen. So we probably, yes, we did see the fight too late, but I suppose that debate about those two will will never have to be kind of questioned because of uh, Brooks' win there. And I think uh, it's nice to see their respect level now between Khan and Brook. Now it was all kind of sorted, and Khan actually took the, took the loss very well because um, these guys hated each other for years, and uh, it was good to get that. Um, Let's also not forget ending the month we saw um, the undisputed champion. Only a very, very few. I think there's four or five of them who've who've been able to hold all four belts in, in Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall. Everyone, a lot of people thought actually this might just be a routine victory for, for Josh Taylor, but it was a lot closer than people thought. Uh, a lot of people had Jack winning. And obviously the aftermath of that after that of that fight as well, you know, jacking a lot of criticism. Um a lot of people said he lost and he should give him a rematch. Josh wanted to go up and to 147. There was so much going on and He's proven, Josh has proven that, you know what, I'm going to belt aside. I want to put the, put the well, put the wrong right, if, if you can say that, even though he won. Uh, and we look forward to announcement, you know, everyone's saying the fight's more or less done in, and it's going to happen early part of next year. Uh, big question marks on Josh Taylor. He's got a new trainer in, in Joe McNally. So how does that all gel up? Um, Jack's going to be extremely confident going to this fight as well. So yeah, Liverpool-Manchester in, uh, in the north uh, sometime next year. Yeah, I think they're looking or talking about the the first week of March for that fight now. Um, has it gone on a bit too longer? I mean, we all want to see it because I think it will always be talked about. And obviously, Jack Cattrall wants to settle that score. But yeah, I've, I, to be honest, with you, I've never seen as much controversy after a fight night in many years in this, you know, here in the UK. So it'll be good. Andy, I purposely skipped you from talking about February, so don't worry. All right. Yeah, I swear you away from February, um, but Raza, yeah. Anything else that happened in in um, in February last year that you wanted to kind of bring up? I mean, kind of. I think those are the main two highlighting points. We obviously mentioned Boxer for putting on the shows as well. Boxer's first year properly, first full year they've completed just now. So you got to give them a lot of respect for managing to put Calm Brook together. You know, Frank's tried, Eddie tried, and. I'm sure others tried, uh, and so they pulled up. So props to Boxer for doing that, and uh, yeah, giving us some good fights in February. Yeah, I think February was so strong because they had also Chris Eubank and Liam Williams in that month as well, and then they had the Calm Brook and uh, Taylor Catrell fight. So it was a it was an unbelievable um, list of fights for that month. So yeah, it's one of the stronger months we had. Um, okay, we can move to the month of March now with Mister McCart. Yes, sir. Take it away, mate. Well, March, for me, had the, the fight of the year on it. And you talk about Lee Wood and Mick Collin, definitely the fight of the year for me in terms of every round was I was on the edge of my, my seat watching it. Um, the dramatic of Mick knocking Lee down early and then looks like he was controlling the fight. And then obviously we all seen what happened in the, in the 12th round. Um I mean, that's that's boxing, man. It, it takes one punch. A lot of people say it takes one punch in the heavyweight division, but as you can see, these little guys, the featherweight division, which is my favourite division right now, uh, they can pack a punch as well. So, yeah, fight of the year for me in March for Mick Connor and Lee Wood, and I'm probably one of a, a select few that probably want to see the rematch. Um, I think deserves a rematch, that fight. Uh, yeah, so fight of the year for me in March. And then me and you, Coogan, we were out in Dubai for Sonny Edwards and Wazim and Progray McKenna. Um, I mean, that, that was a good show, I'm sure. But for me, I love that heavyweight, that big heavyweight fight between the two strong men, Eddie Hall and uh, Thor Beyonce. And, I mean, it's, it's I, you know me, I don't like all that YouTube stuff until they get me a fight, then I'm all in. But I don't like all that celebrity fighting type of stuff back then. I mean, I'm in it now, but 
Yeah, and you mean you said it, Coogan. That was probably one of the, the best six round heavyweight fight we've seen in in, in the sport. It was a, it was a great up and down little fight, and both both men put it on the line, which was uh, good to see. So, yeah, and then yeah. I mean, for people that didn't watch it, obviously it kind of contained itself in its own market. But I said that over six rounds for heavyweights, find me a better six rounder. That's all I said to people. Like, watch it. Because their technique was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, obviously, Thor coming out victorious and that. But I just, as a six-rounder, I thought it was very good. And I said, yeah. find me a better six-rounder in the heavyweight division. Um, but that was a, like a mad week as well. Because we had a load of drama going on with uh, Sonny Edwards and Wasim and the teams. And that was... Yeah, um, yeah. It, was it was a fun week. It was definitely a fun week. I mean, that, that sort of like Dubai's looking for a small venue and looking to obviously become a, a little hub for boxing. But I think that area that we were in, that Irish village with that tennis arena, I think that's a perfect little 4,000-seat arena for for boxing. Um, so if they can obviously get their grips on the market of boxing, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, obviously Saudi Arabia, I mean, if they can get a grip of it, that's a perfect little small hall arena. It's open air. You've got all the bars and restaurants all around you outside the arena as well. So... Perfect little thing. And another fight at the end of the month was Josh Warrington beat Kiko Martinez at the end of the month as well. So, And that's the reason why the featherweight division right now is my favourite division because it's like how many world champions we had. We had Ray Vargas beat Mark, Mark McZile, Mark McZile beat Gary Russell Jr., Lee Wood beat Kanzu, then Galhad got beat by Kiko, Kiko got beat by Warrington, and then Warrington's now beat by Lopez. So it's like they're just playing that hot potato game when you were a kid for these world tight championship belts. So... I just think this featherweight division right now is... I mean, you've got 10 guys there that can easily be world champion in the top 10. It's my favourite division. I think February was in that month that cemented to me that the featherweight division <laughs> is the best division in boxing right now. March. You meant March. March, March sorry, sorry, March. Yeah. I'm just coming back to Lee Wood and Condon. Yeah, I think I thought the build-up to that was pretty good. The little uh, back and forth between... Um, uh, Jamie Conlon and uh, Ben Davison. Uh, that was pretty good. The lead-up was good. But the fight, I, I didn't expect the fight to be as good as it was. I thought it was going to be a good fight, but it was sensational, that fight. And mm -hmm. I think anyone really at any point would want to see a rematch. Whether we do or not, we'll see. We know both fighters will be looking at different directions as well. But I would definitely want to see that fight. It was, it was definitely one of the best fights of last year, if not the best fight of last year. So... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so anything else in March? Or, you know, just, yeah, you mentioned Josh Warrington there. Obviously, sad to see Josh lose the other day against Lopez, but he'll come back again. He's done it before, and I'm sure he'll do it again. Yeah. No, nothing much in, in, in March for me. I think uh, I've done a couple of small whole shows up and down the country, but I think when you talk about the big fights and the talking points in March, I think that was the three main talking points was obviously Josh Warrington claiming his belt back against Kiko, who's proven... To come over here and upset the odds every time he comes over here. I mean, he's just done it against Jordan Gill again, so it's you can't write Kiko off no matter what. So it was a great win for for Josh to end the month. Absolutely, uh, this brings us into April. Um, it was a a busy April, Oscar. Back to you. Yeah, yeah. Nice to have something to part uh, <clears throat> of me to talk about. I think April was good in the fact it featured probably one of the most exciting fighters. Conor Ben, the biggest event of the year or one of in the country in Fury White and then probably the most groundbreaking in the sport with um, with Taylor Serrano starting with Conor obviously I know a bit similar to Algeria people were saying about Van Heerden potentially being over the hill but I think there's still a massive skill to putting people away regardless um, and he showed that he can put someone away again um, and obviously there is always kind of drama with, um, with Conor um, with Fury White, I didn't work the week, but I was around the fight week. And um, I think just seeing the pull of Tyson Fury on such a big stage, like you you know he's loved in this country, we know that, but I think there's a different pull to being able to actually put bums on seats. Um, and 95,000, obviously, that was just absolutely spectacular. And I think that it might not have been the fight we wanted. I kind of wanted to see, especially looking at the Franklin fight now, what we saw with Dillian there, I'd have loved to see like the Dillian with his backup being a bit more kind of aggressive during the fight week. Um, but just the little clips of Dillian and John Fury and all the little things around it, 
Um, and like the way in at Box Park, it just felt like a massive event. Um, yeah, being able to pull that many people is just massive for the sport. Biggest attendance in the UK, of course. Um, and then Taylor Serrano, I've done the launch press conference in London for that in, I think I was just at the start of February, maybe. And I don't remember there being a, a female fight that kind of generated the media respect. Like the media room was packed. Um, and I think you can kind of tell with the female fight game, I know it's growing, but I think you can kind of tell if it's false sometimes, because I know some people perhaps feel like you have to put or shine a lot more light on the female game. But you just, you could tell with Taylor and Serrano, it wasn't false. There was genuine worldwide big boxing interest. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously the fight was brilliant. I saw people talking on Twitter the other day that people who were there, me new boys who went would have heard this. It was one of the loudest roars they heard just before the first bell. Um, it sounded loud on TV. Um, and whether you like it or not, the little bit of Jake Paul in there just gave it a bit of a profile raise as well. So I kind of liked the little bit of Jake Paul in there. And um, they didn't hate each other, but there was a nice little bit of back and forth-ish between uh, them two. And uh, yeah, I think that was a month of three very different fights and events, but probably three of the best of the year possibly as well. Yeah, I mean, with uh, Dillian White, it's obviously the much publicised story of Dillian White chasing that WBC shot for so long. So it was good to see him get that shot. It wasn't his night, but we know it was a it was a big night um, at Wembley. Like I said, ninety four five thousand tickets, whatever it was. Um, we saw Fury do it again, sixty thousand. Derek Chisora recently, which we'll come on to later. But um, yeah, I think like we missed some of the press build up to that. Because obviously there was issues <laughs> uh, regarding that with White not turning up to the original press conference, etc. But um, yeah, and then Taylor Serrano, yeah, it's got to be one of the fights of last year, one of the best fights of yeah. last year. It looks absolutely unbelievable. Um, so yeah, um, we can move on to May now. Thank you, Oscar. We can move on to May now. Now, Joe, I know you obviously wasn't at or with IFL in May. I don't know, you might have been one of these other rival YouTube channels. I don't know who was with them, mate. You'd be moonlighting that much. <laughs> but what happened in May? May was a big month. There was a lot of big fights going on. Um, obviously, started with the pound-for-pound pound rankings being shaken up when Dimitri Bivol kind of dethroned Canelo as that pound-for-pound pound number one and changed a lot in those rankings. Uh, Canelo in the build-up, was talking about moving up to potential cruiserweight to fight Alexander Usyk. Makabu was in there, but no, he fought his first prime 175-pounder in Dimitri Bivol, and he kind of debatably went up too much. And uh, that was probably your biggest talking point in that first <laughs> week of May. Uh, there was a, a lot of big fights that month also. Uh, Bacoli... <laughs> uh, Bacoli uh, beat Yoka. We saw another division that unified the 154-pound division with that rematch between Charlo and Castano. We also gone all-London domestic dust-up in the light heavyweight division between Joshua Boatsy and Craig Richards at the O2. David Benavidez made light work of David Lemieux, and we saw <laughs> that big stoppage between Tank and Romero. But really... The big talking point was Dimitri Bivol. Well, I like, well, I like George. Well done. You absolutely brilliant, mate. Honestly, <laughs> I swear to God, whether you read that out or not, that was brilliant. Your uh, deliverance of that was excellent. You should do more of this stuff to camera. Well done, okay. John. <laughs> That's right. I, don't I didn't realise you were reading the script, Joe. I didn't realise you were reading the script there. Well done. Did you, you take a breath? You're <laughs> proper going for it. Good. Baby Bones. Danny Dyer times Steve Funts, mate. Danny Dyer times Steve Funts. Unbelievable. Um, look, I'm not even going to try and top that, obviously, with anything. It's <laughs> anything. But I will say, yeah, like the biggest thing was the, the beat by... Uh, on Canelo by Dimitri Bivol, and I think that has really kind of, you're right, 
kind of really shaken things up. He looked unbeatable. I know he has been beating Canelo prior to that to Mayweather 10, 11 years ago, <laughs> but he was looking absolutely unbe- unbelievable and unbeatable. So that was definitely like um, a huge shock. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, we can roll. Thank you, by the way, Joe. Unbelievable, mate. Honestly, I feel like we need to do a prize for that. Uh, <laughs> well, um, Okay. Moving on to June, Umar. Yeah, some massive moments in June. We'll start with uh, <laughs> Cardiff, probably, well, up there is knockout of the year. Definitely up there with Joe Cordina um, knocking out a girl in, in stunning fashion um, and banging a world title. It was good to see because I think it was about time Joe got that, that big opportunity. He'd been around the scene for quite a while. Um, and to win a world title in that fashion in your own town, um, yeah, unbelievable stuff from Joe, and he sort of broke out as a bit of a star in the UK that night. Um, on the same weekend, uh, another huge moment, arguably um, one of the biggest achievements of the year from Devin Haney going to Australia um, and beating George Cambosis Jr. to become undisputed champion, obviously, in Cambosis uh, coming off a great win against Tiafima Lopez in New York. So I remember going into the first fight, um, I think a lot of people were picking Haney, but it wasn't a clear pick. Um, people saw it as a competitive fight and really it didn't turn out to be uh, a competitive fight at all. I think Haney literally won every second of every round and then obviously did similar in the rematch. Uh, so that was a big moment uh, in Australia. And then a bit more on a personal note, I had probably one of the weirdest experiences of my life um, doing a Don King show, um, <laughs> travelling out to Miami, remember the first thing, got to the hotel and uh, there was two kids stuck in a lift for about half an hour. That was my first sort of thing that was going on. That was madness in the hotel. Me and Francis Warren looked at each other, thought this is going to be a long week. Um, and then we had the uh, press conference the day after with Don King, which lasted about three and a half hours. Um, got to meet and interview Don King, which was um, quite an experience with his American and British flag. Um, obviously, Daniel Dubois uh, did the business. Not the toughest fight in, in Trevor Bryant, but still an important win because, as we've seen, he's been ordered, ordered to fight um, Alexander Usyk. So he put himself in that uh, strong position with the WBA, bagging that um, regular title. Um, I remember as well, the fight was actually in jeopardy uh, on the day of the fight in Miami because the, the venue was flooded. Um, so you can imagine what was going on that week, but it was, I'm saying all these things about donking, but, um, like it was good to still get that done and something on a bucket list. Like obviously we've covered loads of Eddie's and Frank's shows and now Ben and, and Callers, but, uh, to actually do a donking show and interview him, um, was an experience. And, um, yeah, for, in terms of June, that was the main highlights for me. Can you do an impression of donking? Go on, mate. Oh, God. Uh, God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you do a better one, Umar. That What's the other one? Uh, it's only no, the other one. Do King better. Go on. I don't remember the other one. Sorry. That's that's what you're going to get. Right. What not. does he say? Liberty and, liberty and justice or something. Liberty and freedom. Yeah. Nice one. Okay, <laughs> let's let's move on to <laughs> August. July. Colin, July. That's your first month. You, you, you missed July. 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 
Oh, Andy, July. Yeah. July, the most important year of the the month of the year. Yeah, other than being mine and Coogan's birthday, nothing happened in July, really. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Chisora beat Pulev in the rematch by split decision. I think Ryan Garcia beat Javier Ventura and Danny Garcia beat some guy in the Barclays Centre at the end of the month. So I'm trying to compete with Joe here. But other than July and me turning 40, it wasn't really, it was just a quiet month in July in terms of me actually doing anything as well. But I mean, fight-wise, beginning of the month, you had Chisora getting his revenge over Pulev by split decision. And it was a very, very quiet month in terms of big shows. Uh, tying into Ryan Garcia having a big fight against Tank Davis next year. He beat Javier Ventura, knocking him out. Uh, so, yeah. Other yeah, than, other yeah. than being my, me and the month for Coogan and Andrew's birthday, nothing happened. Oh, do you want to just tell us what you did on your birthday then? Because that might be more exciting than your breakdown of July. I went to go and see Jerry Simmons at Hamden Park. So that was good. Then we went to Loch Lomond and spent two nights up at Duck Bay in Loch Lomond. And yeah, it was fun. Went on a jet ski, went on a paddleboard, living the life. Nice, mate. That's a great summary of July. Do you know what? I do remember <laughs> July being really quiet. Uh, last year, like I said, had that Chisora and uh, and Pulev fight night, but it was good to see Chisora win that fight. I think Chisora hadn't won in a few fights, and you can see kind of the relief of Chisora winning one of these fights, like these high-profile heavyweight fights. So it was a good moment to see Chisora do that. But yeah, I remember July being really dead last year. Like usually, July's banged out with a couple of really good uh, fight nights. We didn't really get that in July, um, aside from obviously Chisora and Pulev, so. And I don't know if there was any YouTube stuff or anything like that in July. It was just one of them funny, funny months. When I look back at my diary and I was like, I think I'd done one show and it was a, it was a Wasserman show in Newcastle. In fact, Josh Kelly, his uh, second fight off at 154. Um, yeah, and Harlem Eubank as well was on the card. But other than that, man, July was very, very quiet. Okay, now we can move over to August and Colm, you got this month picked for you because it was the month that you started with IFL. So, yeah, there was a lot happening in August. Yeah, I think whenever uh, you actually gave me the job, the idea was maybe I would do the Jake Paul fight in New York. I think that was the first thing and then it fell through, obviously. Um, but then in my hometown in Belfast with Michael Conlon, Miguel Mariaga, when Mick had to put some demons to bed after the Lee Wood fight. Obviously, he found it very tough. And then 11 rounds, he blitzed it. And then on the 12th round, he stood and traded with Mariaga. And there was like a silence in the arena because no one knew what was going on. Mariaga caught him. It could have been like over again, just like they would in the 12th round. But Mick fought through it. On the same night over in Sheffield, Dalton Smith got the British title win. Sixth round stoppage, I think, um, against Samuel Mason. And then I think on the same night as well, McKinson fought Virgil Ortiz. I think that was the same night, wasn't it? Yeah. In Texas. Um, and that was in the WBA Eliminator. So there was a lot going on at the start of August. And then <clears> I think the following week, Teofimo Lopez fought Pedro Campa. Um, that was over in America as well. We didn't cover it. And then obviously Usyk Joshua 2, which was a massive end of August. Um, obviously Philip Argovage going down, getting back up and beating Zhang. Some people say that, that Zhang got the win. That was a bit dodgy that result um, obviously then Joshua's outburst at the end which was crazy in itself because you never really see Anthony Joshua in that kind of <laughs> environment with people around him normally he's just so calm cool, calm collected and he wasn't at the end and then obviously Calm Smith getting the, the WBC Eliminator win as well that night I think August ended with a, a YouTube show and I know that's not for, for everyone but it's important that we still cover those events obviously because with the YouTube shows, there's a new audience for that. And I think uh, that was the, the night KSI fought Swarms and he also fought the, the Pedrago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, that was the end of August. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, August, yeah. Um, the, the big talking point from there was Joshua's uh, loss to Alexander Usyk in Saudi Arabia and the aftermath of that was more so the talking point as well. But um, yeah, but on that card, that was a great fight between Hergovic and Zili Zhang. And yeah, Callum Smith was very, very impressive on that night as well. Um, yeah, in terms of KSI and his YouTube shows, we've seen kind of this develop now with these Misfit series with um, 
Pallor and, and KSI and Mams Taylor putting these shows on. They're not for everyone. We know that. We get a lot of stick from putting these on. But to be fair, we've covered these shows from day one. Like from the whole Logan Paul KSI stuff that started a few years ago. We've always covered that stuff. So it's not going to be for everyone. We, we know it's not. But, you know, it is an audience, like you said and pointed out. It is for a specific audience. And, you know, they look at it as a, a separate market. So, but yeah, uh, August was pretty eventful and normally August actually is quite um quite dead for boxing it's usually like the seasonal mid mid-year break but I think uh, that's not really going to be the case anymore I think you're just going to get fights running straight for as we can see with January as well okay September we're coming back to mini bunts have you got <laughs> another one prepared I didn't have that prepared last time I just had bullet points all right, it's fine. You can have bullet points. It's fine. Um, well, September, September, on a personal level, was a good month because that was the month I joined IFL. Uh, but on a boxing level, I think for the fans, for the media alike, it was very disappointing. A very news-dominant month. Started off with Andrew Ruiz Jr. defeating Luis Ortiz. And then just a day later... Only, I think, 10 days removed from Anthony Joshua's second defeat to Alexander Usyk. Tyson Fury's online giving Anthony Joshua an opportunity to fight him. And that story kind of dominated the news throughout the whole month, the whole will they, won't they, the whole fiasco between that fight finally happening. Will it happen? Will it not? And as the month progressed, it was looking like it could happen potentially for December. Obviously, we now know that that fight didn't take place. I think Umar, you was ringside at the Joyce Parker fight when Derek Chisora kind of put his name forward once again into that mix for that trilogy fight. Gareth A. Davis kind of stirring it all up between them. And another big disappointment was the month postponement of... Marshall versus Shields, which was meant to be my first fight night, and obviously with the Queen dying, that was very controversial. A lot of people had opinions on that, whether that fight should have been cancelled, whether it should have carried on, which was a whole other talking point in itself. Negotiations looked like they was very promising for Sprint's Crawford. I think a, a proposed date for November 19th was in the works, but once again, that didn't happen. But we did get the trilogy fight between Canelo and Triple G, which I know it follows the theme of September, was kind of a disappointing end to a fantastic trilogy of fights. And then just moving on from what Colin said with the uh, KSI fight night, after I think Deji getting his first victory in three or four fights, it was announced that he's now taking on probably one of the best in all time in Dubai against Floyd Mayweather. Feels like I'm watching Sky Sports News. Oh, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Forget your podcast, mate. We found a new host. This guy's unbelievable. Um, um, I was, um, I was picturing lost for words. I was, I was lost for words. I'm picturing a news desk. Joe standing there with a stack of sheets and just going, "Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the six o'clock news." Is that your impression of me, Andy? That's what I'm getting. I'm getting annoyed. Well, a, stage, a, news, a news reporter take vibe I'm getting, which is good. Oh. Anyway, listen. Uh, yes, I don't even... I, I don't feel like I could even go into everything you said because I, I don't know if I was listening to what you were saying. I was just, like, mesmerised by your, like, your like your demeanour and your, like, hand actions and all that. Very good, John. Very good. Well done, Joe. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's move on to October um, with Umar. <clears throat> big, big talking points. Probably 
the biggest talking points of the year came from October. Uma? Yeah, so sorry to keep up the doom and gloom that uh, Joe begun on, but um, negotiations were still going on for Fury Joshua in the background, um, which came to a halt in, in the first week of October. Uh, remember a, a talk sport interview went out and um, yeah, George Warren said that that's that. And then I think on the same day, Eddie spoke to you, and and also said from his perspective as well, it looks like that's that. Um, and then, well, a couple of days later, Eubank Ben um, not only dominated, obviously, boxing headlines, but it went to a, to a major news story across the country. And I don't know, as, since I've been around boxing and following boxing, probably one of the biggest stories in, in British boxing I can remember, really, um, with what was going on. I remember it was a very strange day um, when me and you, Coogan, were both in the hotel at uh, a fight hotel where we at that point still thought the fight was going ahead. And then subsequently we saw sort of team Ben leave the hotel. And at that, that point alarm bells were going obviously throughout um, the hotel with the media and also the undercard fighters who had a rough time because at that point they didn't know whether they was fighting on the Saturday still or not. And um, yeah, of course at that point there was an official statement put out. Keller and Eddie uh, gave a statement um and said why the fight was off. And then what followed, and it's still going on now, really, was just, yeah, um, bombardment of headlines across Talk Sports, Sky Sports News, um, newspapers, obviously our channel and other channels similar to us, um, became a, a huge story. And still, obviously, the investigations going on with Conor Ben, uh, with the WBC and with UCAD. Um, so that month, really, there wasn't too much action in the ring. There was a big fight, of course, at the end of it with uh, Shields and Marshall, which I'll come on to in a second, but that was the story. I mean, the Fury-Joshua story was a massive one, but it the collapse of that kind of got overshadowed um, with um, the reports of about Conor Ben, and then I think a few weeks after, we've, we've heard about the failed, first failed drugs test, obviously a second one um, it was it was reported that there was a, a a second failed drugs test as well, and then all the interviews uh, with sort of Calla, Eddie, Chris Eubank Jr. Um, followed. So um, obviously it was a it was a massive shame we didn't get the fight and we would have got a lot of traction off it, but we did get a lot of traction off what was going on um, after the failed tests um, came out. And then yeah, as I said, on a more positive note, we saw the O2 packed out for. Um, Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall, which was groundbreaking. Um, biggest women's fight, I think, we've seen in the UK. I think that we can say that hands down. And, um, yeah, a great night. I mean, I wasn't there myself, but it looked like a great night and um, a big moment for women's boxing and just boxing in general. Yeah, I mean, just coming back to... Um, <coughs> excuse me. Just coming back to... Yeah, the Conor Ben situation was one of the kind of the most surreal situations being in the middle of fight week for that news to break. And we know it's still going on. We still don't know everything about it. I think very soon we're going to obviously find out more uh, regarding Conor Ben's situation. Uh, we know Chris Eubank obviously has his fight announced now with um, Liam Smith, which are, I think is a great fight as well for, for Chris Eubank uh, immediately after the, the fallout of the Conor Ben situation. Um, yeah, in terms of AJ and Fury, I mean... There was a point, I think, we we're all hopeful that that fight was going to happen. But I suppose it, we'll have to wait and see next year uh, the situation with a lot of different heavyweight fights to see whether even that's a possibility for next year. And, yeah, you mentioned there as well about like uh, just a historic night uh, for, for boxing and, and for women's boxing as well with uh, that card put by on by Boxer and Sky Sports with Shields and Marshall and Mayer and Baumgartner. Um, packed out O2, whole female card. Um, everyone kind of questioned whether it would even sell, let alone whether people would be interested. But I think after that, people were um, not even pleasantly surprised. I think people in boxing know that you've got four elite, at least four elite fighters uh, that were headlining shows against each other, uh, headlining uh, fights against each other, rather. And it was... Um, it was a brilliant night, the O2. So, 
Thank you, Umar. Let's roll into November uh, with Colm. Yeah, bi- busy month, November, for me and also um, for IFL, obviously, boxing in general. Uh, Dimitri Bivol kicked it off in Abu Dhabi. I think it was only you who covered that one, Coogan, on the 5th. Um, yeah, unbelievable. My fighter of the year, Dimitri Bivol. Unbelievable, unanimous decision win against Ramirez. And then moving on from that, the following weekend was a bit crazy because you had Sonny Edwards on the Friday night um, beating Felix Alvarado. Then on the, the same night, I think you had Nick Ball headlining in your call. And then Adelaide was on the undercard of that one. The next night you had um, the Cleveland show then. So I covered that one in Cleveland. It was a crazy ending. And Stevie Spark and Montana Love were... Montana Love threw him out of the ring and then there was a whole bit of confusion for a few seconds. Eddie Hearn's going crazy at the referee and then he decides to to call it a day and there's a there's been a obviously since then they, they've looked into it and it hasn't been overturned so that decision's remained. Um and then I think on, on that Sunday night then you had the the Deji Mayweather card which you knew Mark covered in Dubai. There was a whole craziness around that with Anthony Taylor starting some brawls on the street with you Mark up the footage of I think um he always seems to be up to something. Um but you know like again that that's a card maybe some people aren't interested in because it's got the YouTuber feel to it. But again it's one of them ones that we have to cover. So it was good to see Mayweather obviously get the stoppage win. Then moving on from that, um, I think you had Liam Davies in Telford, um, and that was against Baluda. So you had that one on Anthony Yard setting up the better be fight next with a KO win. Um, and then that same night on the zone, Jaime Munguia fought in Mexico. And then we were in Austin, Texas the following night for the um, YouTube show. And again, that was just a crazy series of events that whole week with one minute I'm interviewing Anthony Taylor and he just says, stop the interview. I'm going to go and get Dylan Dennis. So we stopped the interview and I followed him outside. And then it's just erupted into a brawl. And at the end of it, Nisa Sarlin's going crazy because he has to pay Dylan Dennis more money because obviously there's something going on there that it was set up that he was going to come I don't know and Anthony Taylor didn't obviously know about it so it was a crazy situation after that I got it all on, on video obviously and it, it done good views um, the event in itself was was decent obviously there was a, a late pull out and then Greg Hardy stepped in he beat Hassan Rahman Jr which affects him obviously in the future fighting Jake Paul um, and then the end November with a bang you have Harlem Bank on the Friday night in the Wasserman show headlining against Tom Farrell the Saturday, Dillian White went by majority decision against Jermaine Franklin and Fabio Wardley in an unbelievable victory against Nathan Gorman. Um, and then we've seen, obviously, the craziness with Zach Parker, John Ryder, when that fight was um, stopped short and we didn't really get to see much of it. So, again, a crazy end. And Regis Progray obviously beat Jose Cepeda by TKO that night as well for the WBC World Super Lightweight Championship. And then the boxer show on the Sunday as well when Adam Azim fought against Ryan Shorten and got a good, devastating KO victory in the second round. Yeah, I mean, I think November was one of the probably the busiest months in terms of show. I mean, we had that four London uh, fight nights in the space of three days. And uh, yeah, I mean, ending on there with Dillian White, obviously um, good to see Dillian White get a win. A lot of people thought it was a close fight. Uh, Dillian White did get the win, so we'll see what happens with him. Um, I want to move into December now. Thank you, Colin, for that, mate. Um, want to move into December now. Um, Raza, obviously, only half a year, a half a month rather, up until last week's show in Bournemouth. But yeah, talk to us about December. Yeah, it was obviously the last month of the year. And I think we saw all four major promoters have a show. Callis Allen first, Frank Warren went, then Eddie went, then Ben with a Boxer. So I'll just touch on a couple of key events of, of each show. Um, Josh Kelly, you know, everyone thought that he was done after that Avenisian fight and, and there were too many demons there and he wasn't mentally right and, and physically right. But everyone thought, and everyone I spoke to said, this is Troy's fight. Troy's a big, you know, um, super welterweight and, and, and Josh is coming off not high level opponents, but Josh showed that he's still got it in him and he looks like he's got those demons out of his system now and um, he could be a major threat at 144, 154 pounds uh, moving forward. So, yeah, uh, we saw Kala, Kala go on, on Channel 5 and they hit some record-breaking numbers on Terrestrial TV, which they announced as well. 
also with the with the week before with Harlem Eubank. Um, moving on to the Saturday night show, we saw Fury and Chisora. Obviously, not the fight that everybody wanted to see. We all wanted to see Joshua in that month, but hey, we we got what we got. I think the the most interesting point uh, from the Fury event was if we all know Fury was the heavy favorite was that Fury was able to put bums on seats in 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 a cold month of December in a stadium and sell out close to fifty five to sixty thousand. Uh, ticket, so I think that was unbelievable yeah. to see, and and I wouldn't be surprised if other promoters and rival promoters who have other heavyweights may now also test the waters with that and see how well they do uh, in stadium fights. But yeah, I, I guess that was the result we all expected. Uh, also, I want to touch on quickly Daniel Dubois. You know, he went down three times in that first round against Lorena. Everyone thought that okay, what's what's going on over here? Uh, you know, Daniel's supposed to blitz through this cruiserweight, uh, move up to heavyweight, but. Daniel showed, and he got a lot of criticism when he took that knee against Joe Joyce, that he didn't have heart, he didn't have the grit, but he showed in this fight, uh, he carried on. We now know, and I've heard and spoke to a couple of members of the team, that he looks like he's got an ACL uh, problem in his knee, um, and he'll probably be out for six months. So that mandatory call with Usyk may slightly be delayed beyond 2023, because I don't think he'll he'll be fighting Usyk in, in 2023. Um, obviously, Josh Warrington... Um, Leeds, um, I don't know what was more heartbreaking, Josh losing or England losing uh, or England not, you know, performing the way they should have. But uh, yeah, Josh. Um, Definitely lost... Josh losing. Say again? Definitely Josh losing was more <laughs> <laughs> Um We saw Lopez. I was there at your call when Lopez beat, I was there with Umar actually, when, when Lopez beat Isaac Lowe and he was a problem. He was a problem for Isaac Lowe. Um, and we saw it. It was a very close fight, but and I think... Josh left it a little bit too late and he had too much to do at the end. And then moving on to the boxer show that we just had on the weekend. Um, you know, we spoke about the the probably knockout of the year with Joe Corgina um, a couple of months ago, early in the year. But Chris Billum Smith pulled out the bag as well. That was a hell of a combination. And uh, yeah, he put him to he put him to sleep and and that ended uh, what a what a shot to end the year of boxing in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I think we saw, um, like I said, we've had Chisora and um, Fury there quite early on in the month. Um, and obviously the, the Troy Williamson and Josh Kelly fight. But I think December, normally the last show of December is usually kind of that kind of pay-per-view-esque show, um, which we didn't really kind of get this year. I think matching finished on the 10th for their shows. They don't really uh, finish as early as that with the Warrington fight night. Uh, and then, yeah, Chris Billum-Smith was very impressive on the last one there. So, um, yeah, I didn't. I felt like it was a big month and I also feel like usually we're accustomed to seeing uh, something as the last show being, do you know what I mean? It was, a, it was a good show in Bournemouth the other day, but you know what I mean? In, the t- in terms of like a pay-per-view-esque uh, show. So, okay. So, that is the month wrapped up from January 2022 to January... Sorry, December 2022. So there's a lot of good fights. Obviously, that start, we spoke about this earlier on, um, till January, which is coming up very shortly. Just before we end, I want all of us to list one fight they want to see, but you can't say what someone else has said. I'll go first. AJ. Yeah, of course you go. I'll go, I'll go second AJ. then. Who's next? I'll go Colin. I'm going to go across. <clears throat> I'll go Leeward, Michael Conlon next. That's the fight you want to see next year? I want to see it next year. Okay. Joe. Spence Crawford. Spence Crawford. Oscar. John Ryder, Canelo Alvarez at Wembley. <laughs> Andy. Um. Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, too. <laughs> okay. Well, you, we could see that. Do you know what? Boxing's so fucking fucked up, we could end up seeing that know, in some sort of exhibition format. Um, Raza? I wanted to do this for years. Wilder Joshua. I hope it happens. Good shout. Good shout. Yeah. I like that fight. Just everything. The fight, the build-up, everything about that will be just crazy. And I, can I dibs it now? If it happens, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing Mayweather Pacquiao too then. Done. Umar? I'll go with another Wilder fight. I'll go with Deontay Wilder v. Joe Joyce. Mm, that's a good one. 
Okay. Just right. the pure entertainment of a, the biggest punch of it be the best chin. Yeah. Fair enough. Right, guys. Colin, Joe, Oscar, Andy, Raz, <laughs> thank you very much uh, for your thoughts on 2022. And everyone listening at home, wishing you a very, very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. We will see you in 2023. Guys, we're out. Thank you very much. I thought Joe was singing us out. Joe, yeah. no, you yeah, should Joe. do that, actually. Sing us out. Not to Joe. Actually, Joe, come on. One... <laughs> no, Joe. No, one Joe. Christmas song. He's, he's got a mic in the background and he's got a drum. No. Joe, you can't let us down there. here, mate. I'm not doing I'm not one doing One verse. Joe, Joe. Sing my favourite Christmas song. Driving home for Christmas. No, I'm not doing it. Do it. I'll do it for the preview of 2023. No, one verse. Go on, Joe. One more. I'm not Joe, doing you've it. done it in front of Fury. Who are we then? Oh. If you've done it in front of Fury, who are we? Yeah, that's a point. <laughs> one verse. We're not in no, Please, no. Hey, Joe, no. I, need <laughs> I need to go, so you better do it now. I'm, my voice is done from all that talking. My voice is done from all that talking. All that talking. He's on voice. One yes. voice. One voice, one verse. <laughs> one voice. That's Del Boy, isn't it? Come on. Uh, God, he's going to do it. Yes, I'm yes. not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> hey guys, I need to go. Joe, if you do it, I'm gone. Andy, I'm you can go, but Joe, this ain't ending till you do it. <laughs> what do you want me to Any Christmas song? <laughs> I don't know any Christmas songs. Oh, please. Oh, come on, man. Fucking Jingle Bells. <laughs> please. Joe, this is a big Andy Climax if you don't do it, mate. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the bye guys, bye. You gave go on, Joe. Me. There you go. Coogan's done it. There, Coogan's done it. Now we need you, Joe. I can do it. Driving home. For He's thinking about it. <laughs> Like, Joe, if you Guys, say... Merry Christmas, Joe. Happy New Year. Right. Joe, that was bad form, mate. You're going to end 2022 on that. You're not doing it. People listening going, why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do it? You sure? It gives them incentive to watch no, next no, year. No, no, no. You're going to end it on a negative, Joe, yeah? I think I'll do it next year. No, no. Forget next year. You've got to end this whole thing by not doing it. <laughs> I don't know a pretty Christmas song. <laughs> Right, guys, I'm off. Guys, Joe's a letdown. We'll see you next year. Sports Social Podcast Network.